you nostalgic motorcyclists. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. Oh, I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This and Dorian Life, 90s Music Got Me Like, and Previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Kendra, before we dive in, I gotta give you a quick correction. <gasps> Do it. Last time we were talking about the Charmed theme, and we were like, it just feels like music replacement. Uh, well, it was music replacement, Kendra. Oh. The way we watched it was just sort of like this weird instrumental, like soft rock. The Charmed theme was actually How Soon Is Now, a song by the Smiths as covered by Love Spit Love. And I listened to it on YouTube and it actually is pretty good. Okay. So. Cool. Well, that all makes sense now. I know. It fits the show a lot better and it just, I, it, I don't think it was skippable as it was really intended to be. We had talked about Jay Gruska, who is the composer on Charmed, 90210, and Lois and Clark, but for the incidental music and stuff. Like Johnny Davis wrote the 90210 theme, which we've discussed in the pack. Jay Gruska did write the instrumental theme for Lois and Clark. But yeah, we were we were wrong on that Charmed uh, Well, that does make it. sense because some of the just like scene music yeah. really sounded like 90210. The incidental so, stuff. Yeah, yeah I so agree. That makes so, sense. That cleared it all up for me, and I don't that we could just head off any charmed fans adding us over on uh, on Facebook or Twitter. We know it's too late; they've already I, added. I know it's it's begun. It's begun. Today, uh, we're back. We're back in Beverly Hills, baby, with nine hundred two and zero season six, episode twenty three. Leap of faith, the faith, the faith. <laughs> all right, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The week need not apply. This episode originally aired on February 28th, 1996. Uh, no birthdays, but we do have one death to mention. March 2nd, actor Lyle Talbot died. Best known to TV viewers for his role on Ozzy and Harriet. He also has the distinction of playing two iconic DC roles in their first live action appearances. Commissioner Gordon in the Batman and Robin, Robin serial and Lex Luthor in Adam Man versus Superman, a hero and a villain. And a villain, both best sides. of both worlds, yeah. Uh, one more death to mention, on March 9th, George Burns passed away. Yeah, poor George Burns. He lived to be 100 years old, classic. That's good innings. Actor and comedian. I used to watch 18 again all the time when I was a kid, a classic Freaky Friday-esque story where he and his grandson switch places. Like 17 so. again? Where yeah, like seven, like seventeen again. Matthew yeah. Perry becomes his younger version, Zac Efron. Zac Efron, yeah, Zac Efron, who does a very good job of playing a young Matthew Perry. He has the yeah. mannerisms and everything in that movie. Very good. Zac Efron is like a good actor. <laughs> I agree. I'm not gonna. I'm very yeah, I'm excited because season two of his show Down to Earth on Netflix comes out, which is a okay, okay. A, it's a like reality a show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, they're exclusively in Australia for this season. Uh -oh. So very excited about Like that. a good theme, yeah. 17 Again also has Matthew Perry and Thomas Lennon together, and they would go on to do The Odd Couple together, <gasps> which is still one of my favorite, just like 
brain food, not brain food, the opposite of that, comfort food TV series. I am ve- Well, it helps your brain. Yeah, sure. Yeah. To relax, to I'm unwind. I'm very excited for Matthew Perry's book. Yeah. Um, I want all the tea. Yeah, so, for sure. Very for sure. excited to listen to that. Like Matthew Perry remembers anything <laughs> from the 90s. Come on. All right. Movies. March 1st, we have Down Periscope with Kelsey Grammer. I've heard of it. Never seen it, though. Yeah. I joined the rest of the world in saying I've never seen it. <laughs> and Up Close and Personal with Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert Redford. See, I haven't seen this. And I feel like that is wrong. I mean, I love Robert Redford. Michelle Pfeiffer, one of my favorite actresses. I don't know why I haven't seen this movie, but I have it. Just watch the movie. Yeah, I know. I will. I'm sorry. On March 8th, we got The Birdcage with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Have seen that. I I've, have seen, seen that. I've seen scenes from it, but I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah. Fargo. No, haven't seen it. Oh, so good. Sorry. The show, also very You wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like that's, any of it, I don't that's think. That's what everybody says. That's what everybody says. <laughs> but uh, the show is very good. I'm, I'm behind, though. I haven't seen the newest season. Okay. And then Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Oh, I definitely saw this. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen the second one. Mm. Is it the, it's the same pets, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's Sally Field, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Which one? It, what What happens? Where did Where do they go? Hey. They get lost in San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> the, the family. It's the like, first one with the, with the where the cat gets like attacked by a bobcat and then she's in the water and stuff. Is that the first one? I think that is the first okay. one. I think the second one is where Shadow like falls in a pit. No, that's the first you... one. Is it? Yeah, because they leave him in the pit and then in the end he like comes back and we all cry and cry and cry. Oh well, then I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's the same movie. It's the same movie twice. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> all right. Uh, TV, March 2nd, Pacific Blue debuted on USA. I remember that. Yeah. That was like, the, that was their attempt to make like bicycles sexy. Oh, you know? Ooh, sure. Sexy, sexy bike related crime. I'm pretty sure Mario Lopez was on that for a while. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. I used to hate Mario Lopez, but he's really grown on me. I've never hated Mario Lopez. I don't know why. He just used to rub me the wrong way, but hmm. he's I think he's funny now. Yeah, okay. We got Space Cases debuted on Nickelodeon. <laughs> it starred okay. future Firefly regular Jewel yeah. State. Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And featured guests like George Takei, Mark Hamill, Bill Mummy, and Katie Seagal. Yeah. So, so in 1996, I was watching Beverly Hills 90210, my wife watching Space Cases on Nickelodeon. This was, this was one of those shows that landed in her brain. She was like, you know, the show about space with the kid. And it took her like (laughs) years to figure out that it was Space Cases. So yeah, there you go. March 4th, Good Company starring Lauren Graham and John Tenney. Okay. Good Company is a show that I swear it's just me and John Tenney remember this show and that's it. Not even it Lauren was, Graham? <laughs> I don't think she does. No, <laughs> it was on for uh, six episodes. And I remember like watching it. This was at a period where I had a tiny little TV in my room and Good Company. It was like Good Company and the Dana Carvey show were shows that I would watch like in my room and both of them super short lived. Mm. But I loved this show. So it was like in an ad agency. I don't know. I loved it. Somebody had to watch it. It was just me. March 8th, Muppets Tonight started its 22-episode run. Oh, yeah. I remember Muppets Tonight. 
Did you ever watch that one? Nope. It was, you know, just as an update of the Muppet show and it didn't quite take off. Mm. That seems to be a theme with Muppet shows. I know. I'm seeing. I love me some Muppets. March 9th, Malibu Shores, a teen drama produced by Aaron Spelling and E. Duke Vincent. Sounds like 90210. It does. (laughs) It starred Carrie Russell, Tony Luca, and Charisma Carpenter. Ooh, that's a fun first name, Charisma. It also featured 90210 alums Randy Spelling and Michelle Phillips. That's right. This show was, um, yeah, I think it was sort of meant to be like from the creator of Beverly Hills 90210 or whatever. Uh, But I want to say it was 10 episodes. It was a a real brief run. didn't happen can't can't get some things off the ground here in 19 no you can't but i mean carrie russell of course would go on for to felicity and other things charisma oh, yes, carpenter buffy and an angel uh tony luca was on the voice and the mickey mouse club I, I don't know oh sure yeah yeah music february 28th we have the 38th annual grammy awards alanis morissette was the big winner no surprise there she got Best Female Vocal and Best Rock Song for You Oughta Know, and Album of the Year, and Best Rock Album for Jagged Little Pill. Cool. Best Rock Album. I guess. I don't know. I've never, like, categorized her as rock, but sure. You're fit. I mean, the Jagged Little Pill album, I'm not an Alanis expert, but Jagged Little Pill, that album does seem to, like, rock a little harder, I feel like, than other things I know by her. Record of the Year and Best Male Pop Vocal and Song of the Year went to Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Kendra, you have a whole episode on Kiss from a Rose. We do. Go back and listen to it on uh, 90s Music Got Me Like. That was a good episode. You guys did an Alanis episode, but it wasn't You Oughta Know, was it? I think it was You Oughta Know. Really? um, Okay. And uh, Ironic. I think we've done two. Okay. Whenever Whenever I think of You Oughta Know, I always think of the Weird Al parody where he's just like you i don't know (laughs) best new artist went to hootie and the blowfish and best song for a motion picture went to colors of the wind from pocahontas kendra you love pocahontas i sang this song all day every day i bet you did for like a year after i kendra have you ever used colors of the wind as like a recital song or like a a uh, no, I haven't. Audition on an audition song. No, missed opportunity though. I honestly think I was just walking through the house singing this the other day. I believe I, it. I I'd be surprised it. if I found out you weren't singing it. Hey, while we're talking music, okay, Nicholas, uh, that's me. Did you see that Megan Trainer has a new album out? Slash, have you listened to it? I haven't. But your husband, Eric Mickles, sent me a text and was you like, You are going to be happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you and I have been very upset with her. We have. Because what the heck has she been doing? But I don't know. I've only listened to like three or four songs so far, but okay. I'm I'm very I'm very pleased. It's just it's just a thing that blows my mind. You have an artist who like hits big with a specific style, and then they're like, I will never <laughs> do that style again. So screw you who liked that album. <laughs> That's Megan such a Trainor. good album, that album. It's so good. Well, Title, I know. I, I want you to listen to it and okay. uh and report back to me. All right, I will. Video games, February 27th, we got Pokemon Red and Green released on the Game Boy. Nice. I believe my brother had Pokemon Red, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. And then March 9th, Super Mario RPG for Super Nintendo was released in Japan. Ooh. I I haven't played that one. I've played Paper Mario, 
which is kind of, you know, cut from the same cloth or the same paper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Okay. Hey, we were just talking about Firefly alums, and here's another one. In 2022, James Eckhouse appeared alongside Nathan Fillion in the hit drama The Rookie, playing Lieutenant Landon Briggs in the episode The Knock. I thought you were going to say that James Eckhouse was in Firefly, and I was like, I don't think he was. No, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I've watched a few episodes of The Rookie, and I liked it, but I don't know. There's just something about watching a show that glorifies cops in this moment in time that I just don't feel. I know. It we feel we like loved Brooklyn. To me. We loved Brooklyn Nine Nine, and we yeah. dropped off dropped off of that too. We haven't finished yeah. that yeah. show either, but it'll come um, back around. Oh yeah, it'll come back it, around. Yeah. I hope. How, <laughs> I mean, uh... maybe not the world. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about Firefly? I liked Firefly. Yeah, okay. I was. Uh, I was a big fan of Flyer, Firefly in my college days. I remember when Serenity came out, we went to uh, we went to see it live. You know, we went to see it in theaters, and it was my friend Jesse and my co-host Steve Rudd over on This Endorian Life. Steve was notoriously loud in college; like you could hear him from a different building. <laughs> and he was getting candy, and Jesse and I were going to sit in the theaters to watch Serenity. And Jesse wanted to sit in this place, and I was like, "Oh, there's people so close." <laughs> and he was like, so what? And I was like, but Steve's so loud. And he was like, oh, true, true. So we moved to a different seat. And the movie's starting. And Steve comes in, is looking around, holding the candy. And we're waving full voice. He goes, I found you! <laughs> and ran up to us. And we were like, yeah. One of those. So, all that to say, yeah, I liked Firefly and Serenity. <laughs> well, I didn't see Firefly until I met Eric. So when I was in college. But I had full memories of when serenity came out and being like what is this movie this looks kind of cool but i didn't know that it was connected to firefly or anything so when we started watching it i was like oh it's connected to this movie that i just have this memory of the poster yeah yeah um but love firefly i should rewatch that watching joss whedon things also is kind of hard to get into in this this day and age man why are people (laughs) so stupid and i don't know stop being sex monsters (laughs) Just stop it. All right. Let's look at our synopsis for Leap of Faith. Steve comes into some money and uses it to buy a motorcycle. Claire is not a fan. Meanwhile, Kelly and Tara bond in rehab while Brandon and Susan have an awkward visit with Susan's parents. Finally, Colin and Valerie take the next step in their relationship, but the happiness is short-lived when Colin gets busted for possession. It's only a matter of time. It was, but I remember even as a child, I was like, throw it out the window. I know. When he drove away, I was like, just throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you had the same thought because I was like, the cops are like, they got out of their car. You had plenty of time time. to throw it out the window. Yes. Not that I condone him having it in the first place. I'm just saying, use your brain. When you're in that situation, come on. (laughs) All right, Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by Ken Stringer and directed by Chris Hibbler. We have some recurring cast players here. We've got Gordon Curry back as Danny Five. I know you missed him, and he's Danny Five. Rachel Davies back as Dr. Browning. Paige Moss as Tara Marks. And another little cameo, Nancy Fernandez is here as Nadine. Another Peach Pit employee that oh. we see. This is she's there just like Wesley Allen Gullick as Willie. She's there quite often, 
but when she's got a little line of dialogue or something, she gets a, she gets a credit. So this is a credited appearance from nice. Nancy Fernandez as Nadine. Some new recurring players. We have Michael Dietz as Greg. Uh, he was in Charmed, Kendra, which we were just talking about. Our new favorite show. He was in House. He was more recently in 911, but he's best known for playing Dr. Joe Scanlon on Port Charles. So we have Bruce Thomas as Hank, and this is a weird one. Just like uh, just like Gordon Curry, who we first met as Bobby Walsh before coming back as Danny Five, Bruce Thomas is doing a one-off here as Hank. We're going to see him in a more prominent role in 1998 when he recurs uh, as another family member of another character. So cool. just uh, put that in your pocket here. We're going to see Bruce Thomas again. I'll definitely he, remember. <laughs> and he previously appeared as Trevor Winslow on Models, Inc., so uh, also been in the franchise before. He played Batman in the Birds of Prey pilot and several OnStar commercials and would go on to do voice work at a lot of DC productions, including voicing Commissioner Gordon in Batman Bad Blood, Batman Hush, and Son of Batman. I definitely recognized him. I looked yeah. at his IMDb. I think he's just one of those people that I've just yep. seen and stuff. For sure. Yeah, he's all over the place. Uh, next, we have Kathleen Noon as Ruth Keats. Susan's mother, best known for her extensive work in daytime soaps, including long runs on Passions, All My Children, and Sunset Beach. We have Guy Boyd as Gerald Keats, who appeared as Lieutenant James Pugh on Beverly Hills' Bunts. So this is a detective show with Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue, but Fun. a Bever Beverly Hills connection. Plus shows like Mrs. Columbo, Barnaby Jones, Lou Grant, and more recently, Girl from Plainville and American Rust. Can I just say that if you told me in this script that they just crossed out Felice Martin and John Martin and put in uh, the Keats, same, you would you wouldn't even notice. Same, notice it at I all. thought the exact same thing. Same hot mess. Just, same the dialogue. The dialogue you could even keep the same. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's our cast. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. Episode twenty-three: A Leap of Faith. We start in rehab where Kelly is talking with her therapist and talking about Colin and why she broke up with him and, you know, that whole thing. And they kind of land on, you know, Colin supplied the Coke. Like she wouldn't have had it if it weren't for Colin, but she right. wouldn't have thought about doing it were it not for what her dad did. Yeah. So the men in her life have have really let her down. Yes, I'm kind of surprised... I guess if you're establishing what relationships you have that are and how they how you react to them. But I kind of felt like Kelly got off pretty easy being like, well, it's Colin and my dad's fault. I took well, the cocaine did, by she myself. She did say I can only blame myself after that. Yes, but that was sort of, I don't know, it felt like kind of like, oh, and of course I bear some responsibility. <laughs> Um, she says that she, at this point, is just a little more accepting of, like, this is the way my dad is. And she kind of feels sorry for him that this is the way he's chosen to yeah. have their relationship be. But she says, that, you know, there's just something about Colin. She likes the way that he comes in and just, like, takes control. And and that keeps drawing her back to him for some reason. Yeah, yeah she's pretty open about she kind of likes it. After the intro, we go to the Peach Pit where Claire, Stephen, Stephen, Steve, and Dave. I mean, it's his name. Sure. I, I wrote Stephen for some reason. Claire, Steve, and Dave are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, Clarabelle, Stephen, and Dave are at the Peach Pit. <laughs> go on. <laughs> uh, 
And they are, Steve has just come into some money. His mom got him a, a bond when he was younger and now it's worth 20 grand. And he is of course immediately going to spend it. Spend but it. Why save it when you could spend it? No, don't. It? Oh, yeah, David, if like 20 you... grand fell into my lap right now, I just, I like, what a life. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to buy a few fun things. That's what I. Yeah. You, you can't, I mean, you can't besides be paying off my husband's student loans, I would yeah. hopefully buy something fun. You got to keep aside a little bit. Yeah, keep aside a little bit of that scratch. But there was a funny Beatles reference because Steve says something about, "Do you know what happened twenty years ago today?" And yeah. Claire says, "Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play." And that really made me laugh. I don't yeah, know it was funny. And then Nat is like enough Beatles. So it must have been that the music replacement, there must have been Beatles music playing, yeah. <laughs> I would assume. Claire also brings up that it's a leap year and on yeah. February 29th is Sadie Hawkins Day. So he has to do whatever she asked him to. I don't know. It, it doesn't come back. And no. it, it was just a weird little comment. It was. It was all weird. And I... I I don't understand this whole plot, I guess. Yeah. You, like, it doesn't really happen, so. Yeah, but anyway, whatever. Steve wants to spend his 20 grand on a Harley, which Claire is pretty clear in this scene that she's not into that. I don't know why no. later he thinks that she would have been excited, but it seems to me like she's like, well, this is stupid. Obviously, don't do that. Okay, two things. One, Sadie Hawkins Day is November 13th. Uh, two, I understand why Steve would think that the Claire from season four would be into motorcycles. Yeah. Claire from season six, not so much. Yeah, I get that. It's just that in this scene, she is not about it at all. No, So no. I don't know. We'll... Anyway, we'll get there. I guess. Valerie comes in, says hi. David asks her to sit, but then she says no. She's got to go do some work at the Peach Pit After Dark. And she's pretty much drive, driving David crazy. I mean, he mm -hmm. is he is missing her. He wants to be with her, but he also just still, he's yeah, yeah. really hurt by what happened. Yeah. By, uh, when, when if she, you remember, she, she... yeah, she offered up yeah, him David's to have body. sex with her, <laughs> with her friend. She yeah. used David's body as a bargaining tool, right. if you've forgotten. Right. And he didn't like it. He, no. In this one case, David was not about it. David is off to class, but he's going to meet up with Steve to go motorcycle, motorcycle shopping, shopping later. Yeah. Claire thinks that Steve should tell David about Valerie and Colin. Yeah. So David doesn't know at this point. He doesn't know. And I think Steve only knows because Steve and Valerie are roommates housemates you okay know. well then later he we he must tell david off screen because yeah. then david is going to tell Kel. all right yeah yeah a little confusing it was and they ask where is brandon cut to brandon and susan are on the road they're on their way to the keats house susan parents house i have to say if i was like brian austin green or even tori spelling or uh claire you know, who's Damon, Kathleen Robinson, I would be kind of irritated that you keep having like, first Ray got more story development than any main character. And then Joe is getting more story developed than David or anybody else. And now Susan, we've met like Susan's whole family and like, <laughs> they're not even in the opening credits. You know, I would be really irritated about that if I were them, but 
whatever. Whatever. We get a lot of Susan backstory in these, in basically this season has been the season of Susan. Yep. Susan is very nervous to yeah. to go to her parents' house. And Brandon's like, why? I'm going to be like the hero. I saved their daughter from certain death on a mountaintop. But turns out Susan didn't tell them about that because they would never let her go skiing again. Yeah. So yeah. they are very protective. Um, you know, their daughter went out for a run and never came home. Um, so they're very protective and very... Um, controlling. Well, she controlling. She there we she go. feels like she's sort of beholden to them, which I think is, I don't know. They they set out to write Susan as such a strong character. And just like at every opportunity she gets, she kind of goes the other direction. Like everything with Jonathan, everything with her parents. It's, I don't know. It, I, it seems weird to me. Which is annoying because it feels like she's supposed to be like the Andrea replacement, but they did the same thing with Andrea. Exact same thing. Yeah, they did. So I know. I know. Learn. It's weird. When will they learn? I don't know. Back at the Peach Pit, Donna and Joe's brother Hank are sitting and waiting for Joe to arrive and seem pleasant with each other. Getting along fine. Hank meets Nat, who is happy to meet him. Joe finally arrives and sits down with them and says that the nurse thinks that he is a shoe-in for this experimental surgery, heart surgery. (laughs) Yeah. So it's looking like he's going to be able to do it. Hank is not for it, though. He doesn't think that he should keep playing football. He doesn't think that he should do this experimental thing. Donna tries to chime in, but he's like, listen, it's fine, but can you leave, actually? (laughs) I think we're supposed to be on Donna's side. I was pretty much on Team Hank throughout this episode. (laughs) Well, she's just been so pushy about this. She has. I don't know. I can't keep track of it either because Donna's sort of like, well, maybe you shouldn't play. And Joe's like, I gots to play. And now Donna's like, look, we're going to fly to some place. <laughs> we're going to let an experimental surgeon rip your heart out and fix it. it. It's like I can't keep track of who wants him to play and who doesn't. And I don't know why Donna is so like, no, not only do you have to have the surgery, you have to keep playing football. Well, even... We'll get there. But later in the episode, she says more confusing things yes. about this. So so Donna gets the hint and leaves the two of them to talk. You know, Joe says, you know, I'll talk to him. It, it's going to be fine. We arrive in San Diego, which is where the Keats home is. Have you ever been to San Diego, Nick? No, I've never been to California. You've never been to California? No. I don't know why that surprises me. No, I've been to Los Angeles and I've been to... San Diego. I've been to Seattle, Washington, and Salt okay. Lake City, Utah, sure. which is not California, but it's all the way. <laughs> but it's all the way. If you're looking at a map, those are pretty far left. Is True. all I'm saying. True. Yeah. Uh, anyway, really liked San Diego. There's okay a lot of fun stuff to do there. So they come in the house and they are immediately greeted by a giant dog. Yeah. It is a huge dog named Hamlet. Yeah. And it's jumping all over Brandon and there's, you know, having fun. And they meet the dad whose name is Gerald. Gerald. Gerald Gerald. Keats. Gerald Keats. And they also meet the mom, Ruth, who just, again, just imagine Donna's mom and dad. And you've got the vibe here. The dad is chill 
the mom is uptight and condescending and judgmental. Yep. 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 (laughs) So they make it clear very quickly that Brandon will be staying in the downstairs bedroom away from- No hanky-panky. Away from Susan. Yeah. And so- Brandon goes off with Gerald to see the room. Susan and Ruth have a little conversation and Ruth is just like, I just think he's too good to be true. And she makes like a comment about like, well, he's good looking. So I guess he's dumb. Yeah. (laughs) And Susan's like, actually he's both. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a complete package. Yeah. Back in rehab, Tara is going to borrow a cashmere cardigan from Kelly, and she's very yeah. excited. It's so soft. She's never worn cashmere before. Yeah. She's probably going to be great with boundaries, I think. Probably. I, th- I mean, I. why would you think otherwise? David arrives and meets Tara for the first time, and then Tara leaves them to catch up, which they do, and he says that he went with Steve, and Steve bought a bike, and... How crazy it is that he bought a bike. And I guess while they were buying a bike, Steve did tell David about Valerie and Colin. Yeah. Because Kelly then asks how Colin is and David kind of hems and haws and she can tell that there's something up. And so he finally tells her that Colin and Valerie have started seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And she's very sad. She like just yeah. sits down really sad. And he's like, I feel you. I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Back at the Keats house, they are eating paella for dinner, which is pointed out that it was Susan's sister's favorite dish. So already bringing up the sister. Yeah. And Ruth is just like knives out for for Brandon. She's Mm -hmm. like, why did you want to meet us? And, you know, Brandon's trying to be funny and like, you know, whatever. He makes a Nixon reference. (laughs) I am not a crook. And, um, you know, Susan's like, and he's a Democrat. So, you know, don't even let's ask. Just, let's get that let's out. Let's get it out. Yep. <laughs> there was a it, little, just a subtle moment where Susan says something about his resume is good. He was the the student body president his sophomore year. And uh, the way Brandon reacts to that, he's kind of like, please don't talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I thought it was just a nice little moment because that's not a happy memory for him. No, you know? not at all. It kind of reminds me of the time that my, that, Eric, my husband, came came to Japan and it was like the first time that we had like been with my parents and we were eating dinner and I I just like threw out there, Eric's a Calvinist and then I like ran away. I didn't mean to run away. I was just like on my way to the kitchen. I was like, oh, by the way, Eric's a Calvinist. And I just like left the three of them at the table. And it was very you know, funny. <laughs> you were probably predestined to say that. Yeah. So you probably didn't have any choice. Uh, Eric is shaking his head at this conversation. It's not what it means. <laughs> All right. So we learned that Ruth is a Shakespearean scholar. Um, okay. Kind of funny. Their last name is Keats. Keats was a famous poet. She's there you a go. Shakespearean scholar. I don't know. Kind of funny. Yeah. I feel, listen, I feel like if you are a Shakespeare scholar, like by profession, you're not going to do something so basic as to name your great Dane Hamlet. It's too much. <laughs> Clearly not. It's too much. You got to go, <laughs> you got to go with like a deep cut character. Yeah. You would, I mean, there's a lot of good deep cut characters. So yes. No, yeah, she no, went I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Basic Hamlet. No. 
Brandon says that he doesn't know Macbeth from MacDonald's. So hopefully she's not going to test him on Shakespeare. Yeah. She doesn't want to test him on Shakespeare. All she wants to know is, are you sleeping with my daughter? And Susan quickly says, no, she doesn't even let Brandon have any words. She's like, no, we're not sleeping together. Yeah. Colin's apartment, Valerie and Colin are looking at the star. I think it's, I think it's Colin's apartment. It doesn't mm. look like it's, it's, on, the, it's Walsh the Walsh house. house. No, no. So it must Colin. be Colin's apartment. They're just on the porch looking at the stars, talking about that time they got stranded in Sweden from that trip they were on. Yeah. And Colin decides he's all in. He's, you know, he's yeah. pulling a, a notebook here. He's like, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Yeah. I'm with you and only you and nobody yeah. else. Kelly's a complete thing of the past. Yeah, and that's all Valerie needed to hear. She's like, you, me, bed, now, let's go. Yeah, let's smash. Kel- she says, as long as Kelly is out of the picture, I don't care anymore. Yep. I, I just, ugh. even less than last episode with these two. I just. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Not interested in it. No, all. thank you. No, thank you. Nope. I'm pretty over Colin, but the two of them together, I'm just like, Mleh. I started over Colin. And now that we're into this, like, he's not, I don't, yeah. No, I don't need to see this, but we shall. Back in rehab, Kelly is, she's really having a tough time after this Colin Valerie news. And she's talking to Tara about it. And Tara is like, you just need to let him go. Like, he's not worth it. He's not worth all this headache. And she says, but every time I close my eyes, I just see him kissing her. And like, it hurts. And it makes me want to kill. It makes me want to kill her is what, is what Kelly says. Yowza. Back at Kelly, Donna, Claire's, Joe comes over after his day with Hank and kind of just tries to brush over like, oh, yeah, it went well. It was fine. And Donna says, well, my dad says he'll explain everything to Hank if that would be helpful. And he's like, nah, how was your day? Let's move on. But Donna can tell that, you know. It didn't go well as far as the no, surgery no. discussion was concerned. And she says, you know, this is what we've been praying for. Don't let Hank's pessimism get to you about this. She says that Hank doesn't know what he's talking about. But apparently Hank kind of knows because when he was in college, he was the star football player. But he hurt his knee like right at the end of his senior year. And he didn't get to go on to play football professionally. Yeah. So Donna thinks that... Joe is afraid of being better than his brother and that Hank also doesn't want him to be better. Yeah, like H- Hank Hank is looking for this opportunity to be like, well, I guess I guess neither of us get me. to be, yeah. Neither one of us get to, which is a big and kind of a negative assumption on Donna's part to be like It's it's a bit of a leap after only leap. having met him for like 10 yeah. minutes. And also like from Hank's perspective I mean, we don't have any reason to doubt that he's just looking out for Joe. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have. And it's like, go and live like a normal, healthy life and be just fine. And maybe you can't play football. Or go and have experimental open heart surgery so that maybe you can play football. But also maybe you'll just die because it's open heart surgery. Like the stakes here. I just don't get why suddenly Donna is so gung-ho about this. Yeah. I don't know either. I guess just because... You know, he was going to leave school and leave her. And maybe that just really freaked her out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It just seems like 
the amount of recovery time you'd have to have from experimental open heart surgery would pretty much knock you out of at least one full season. Oh yeah. You know, and what are they juniors? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think they're juniors at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see, I don't see it happening for Joe, but you know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Back at the Keats house, Susan, Brandon and Gerald are having a end of the night tea <laughs> Coffee? I don't know what they're drinking. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> and um, they're talking about Catherine's room. Ruth has not let Catherine's room be touched since yeah. she died. So it's just kind of this, like, shrine to Catherine. And Gerald's like, you know, I know it's not super healthy, but just let it be. Like, don't push it. She needs it to be that way. And so we're just going to keep it that way. So Gerald heads to bed, leaving Brandon and Susan in the living room, and they discuss why Susan is lying about the two of them sleeping together. And she says that she made the mistake about telling them about the abortion, and that was a whole thing. And so she learned, I'm just going to lie from now on about this kind of stuff. Um, And she said she was really embarrassed that Cindy was, like, cool with everything because she knew that her mom would not be cool about anything. Right, right. Yeah. I guess I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I, like, it's stupid to be lying about this kind of thing anyway, but, like, if that's what Susan wants to do, like, if that's what they're committed to, probably skip a night, guys, yeah, is all just, I'm saying. just skip a night. Skip a night. Whatever. So, um, I noted here, and you can see it earlier, but Brandon is wearing, like, five silver chain bracelets in this oh. scene. It's was too a, many. Was he in a boy band? <laughs> it looks like it. I just, it's too many. Huh. He usually wears like one, but in this scene, he's got like five on one arm. It's crazy. Wow. The 90s. What are you going to do? So they decide that they're going to wait for the parents to go to sleep. And Brandon is going to sneak up to her room. Mm. Surely. It would make more sense for Susan to sneak down to his room. Yes. Yes. Because then you're a floor away from the parents. Right. Come on, guys. It makes no sense. The the music during the sneak scene is insane. (laughs) I don't know if I made a a comment about that. It was like... It was music you'd play for a scene where you're like waking up in the morning with your newspaper, like strolling out in the garden. It was not sneak music at all. And so it just made the whole thing this that much more stupid. Yeah. All right. We're not to the sneaking yet, though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have one scene in between. Uh, we okay. go to uh, a parking lot where Steve is trying to get Cl- Claire to ride his new motorcycle. For why? I don't understand this motorcycle. She really, he really wants her to. Okay. She really doesn't want to, but he convinces her to take a lap around the, the parking lot. So then she gets on, and we have this like, like motorcycle music. They just go in a very slow circle around the parking lot, and then she hops off and is like, "All right, I'm done." It's really fun. It's very comedic. It makes me think of my favorite motorcycle scene in Beverly Hills 90210. Do you know what that is, Kendra? Do you remember the motorcycle scene? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's is Tony. it when, uh, yes, when it's Tony, Tony rides Marchette. the motorcycle? She just gets on, you know, tiny little Rebecca Gayhart suddenly becomes a bulky man doing like wheelies <laughs> on a motorcycle. It's so funny. So yeah, she jumps off and she's like, 
I'm not interested. I don't want to ride this. I'm done. Like, yep. go have fun. And Steve says, I bought this motorcycle for us. Like, I thought you would love it. And she's like, well, you didn't ask me. But, and uh, but the, also I'm just he like, did. But, he did, though. <laughs> but we had this scene where he did ask her and she right. said no. Yeah. <laughs> so he is just very confused why she is so against the bike. Yeah. She's annoyed that he got this bike that she doesn't like. It's dumb. I, this storyline is dumb. I agree. Back at the Keats house, now we get the sneaking. So Brandon is trying to sneak upstairs to Susan's room, but Hamlet is at the top of the stairs. And he's growling. He's not letting Brandon pass. So Brandon right. starts throwing out Shakespearean quotes. And I didn't write down the one that he says, but he said he says kind of a long one. Yeah. Um, and Hamlet backs down, lets Brandon pass. The next morning at the Walsh house, Valerie arrives home and Colin calls like as soon as she gets home. She was just mm. at his place, but she came home to change. And he says, last night was really beautiful. Super beautiful. Be beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> so they are going to meet for dinner that night, I believe. Okay. Okay. So Colin's on his way out of his apartment, and who is waiting for him outside his door? Danny Five. Danny Five. Not Bobby Walsh. It's no, Danny Five. It's Danny Five, and he says he's got a vial of the good stuff. Okay. That Colin can have, um, but he needs a ride to somewhere. Mm -hmm. Colin is not... a. With it at, first, at first, he's like, you know, I'm trying to go straight. And Danny says, go straight next week. Like, look at this. Yeah. Got this right here for you. What could go wrong? And Colin is weak. So Colin decides, yes, he will give him a ride and take this cocaine. What could go wrong? I don't know. Back at the Keats residence, it is morning and Ruth is preparing breakfast. And she decides she's going to go wake up Susan and have like a, a morning talk with Susan. But when she goes into the room, of course, Brandon is still in bed. With still Susan. in bed. Yep. And Ruth is appalled. And it's funny because, like, Susan, they're not awake at all. Mm -mm, so Susan, mm -mm. like, you know, kind of sees her mom and then she, like, rolls over and she, like, puts her arm around Brandon. And then she's like, oh, crap. Why are you in this room with me? <laughs> This is just like a little thing, but it always stands out to me. The characters in this show always have sex with the biggest, chunkiest watches on. And I just yes. think you're asking, you're just asking for trouble, you know? <laughs> yeah. Every time they're like, wow, that was great while I have this 15 pound gold watch. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry it ripped out half of the hair on your head. <laughs> yep. The 90s. Yeah, I guess so. So then they get ready, come downstairs. It's obviously very... T Not for Gerald. Gerald could care less yeah. about what has happened. But right. it's tense with everyone else. Susan kind of uses this opportunity to bring up Catherine. And yeah. is like, why was it okay that Catherine had this boyfriend and you never like laid down rules with her? But for me, yeah. I'm not allowed right. to do this. And she says that the rules have changed since Catherine died and mm. that you've turned my room into an office and you've kept her room a shrine. And how does that, how do you think that makes me feel? Right. All good points. Yeah. 
So she leaves the room. Brandon starts to go after her, but Ruth says to let her be for just a minute. She apologizes to Brandon and is like, you know, I'm sorry that I have been the way I've been. I lost one child. I don't want to lose Susan. Right. So she leaves to go talk to Susan and Gerald says the problem is they're exactly alike. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I don't see a lot of correlation there, but okay. Back in rehab, Claire and Donna visit Tara and Kelly and bring some peach pie. Mm, I love peach pie. (sighs) I'm not a huge peach fan. Mm. I really, really like apple pie and pumpkin pie. Okay, okay. Those are good salad choices. When I was a kid, my grandpa and I used to go to this restaurant called The Dugout, and they were sort of famous for their peach pie. Mm. And so we'd always get peach pie, so that's what I always think of. That restaurant burned down like three or four <gasps> times, and they just kept rebuilding it. <laughs> Never learned. No, they didn't. All right, Claire, so they, they sit down on the beds. They're eating their pie. Claire complains about Steve and this motorcycle. And then Dr. Greg? Is his yeah. name Greg? Dr. His name Greg. Is- Dr. Sex comes in. <laughs> McSteamy comes in. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, tells Kelly that the group session has been moved to a different time. And Claire and Donna are like, wow, where can I get me a doctor like that? He is very good looking. I mean, it's, you know, it's a solid reaction. Yeah, very, very classic features. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been here for two seconds, but they already have to leave. Claire is off to meet the carpet cleaning guy. And Donna has to go meet Hank, who wants Mm -hmm. to talk with her. Mm -hmm. Tara, after they leave, says, Kelly has such great friends. Do they have room for one more in their friend circle? Yeah, why not? Kelly says yes. More the merrier. Are they supposed to be the same age? I don't know. It always seems like Tara's supposed to be younger. Younger. Yeah. yeah, but it probably, you know, like Kelly's 21 and she's like 18. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Something like that. Donna goes to meet Hank in the student union. Hank apologizes for, you know, how kind of rude he was to her earlier in the day. He and does, this is where but... Donna says that she doesn't care if if Joe plays again or not. Yeah. And then Hank says, well, like, okay, then why are you pushing him to get this surgery? And she right. doesn't really give an answer, but she she tells Hank that I think you're glad this happened so yeah. that Joe can't play anymore just like you. Not cool. If I was Hank, I would have been like, I'm I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, for Goodbye. sure. Absolutely. But he, yeah. he's listening. Back at the Peach Pit, Steve has a personalized motorcycle helmet for Claire. And he lays down an ultimatum. He's like, ride with me or I ride alone. And I think he means ride my motorcycle or we're breaking up. Like, it seems like it's like this is the line for him. Yeah, it does seem like it. Yeah. So Claire says, fine. They're on their way out of the Peach Pit. She runs and they run into David. She tries to get David to go ride with him. But uh, that's a no go. Mm hmm. David goes to see Valerie in the Peach in the Peach Pit After Dark office and is like, well, it didn't take you long to to jump on Colin, basically. <laughs> and he says that he dragged Kelly down and he'll drag you down too. And Valerie says, I think I'm a little stronger than Kelly, actually. Yeah. Well, I might agree with her on that one. <laughs> in in some ways. Yeah. 
Claire is freaking out riding on the back of this motorcycle. Steve tells her to relax, just lean into it, mm-hmm. and she starts to have some fun. Yep. It's a very small scene, but they're flying down the road. I guess the motorcycles saved their relationship. I, I, I don't I, know I, what I don't, the point of this motorcycle was. I don't stupid. either. Susan and Brandon are in the car on their way home, and Susan was taking a nap. And she says, you know, she's like, why am I so tired? And Brandon's like, well, it was an emotionally draining weekend. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think we've all felt that, going to mm-hmm. in-laws or back to our parents' house Absolutely. and just feeling a little, a little drained. Yep. <laughs> and Brandon, Brandon's pretty cool about it all. I mean, he's like, I just feel really bad for your mom. Like, I feel yeah. like she, you know, is hurting. Mm-hmm. At Hank's hotel, Donna and Joe are saying goodbye to Hank. He's... Uh, about to head out and all is forgiven i guess he took what donna said to heart and he's like the family isn't gonna stand in your way do whatever experimental surgeries you want to do yeah yeah (laughs) and tells donna come down to beaver falls sometime yeah good to go i'm sure joe won't die and it won't be donna's fault no 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 (laughs) i actually i again listeners i don't know (laughs) because i've never seen it just a guess. Yeah. And and listeners, I do know because <laughs> I have seen it. That's the, the thing with this podcast. Yeah, that's like, it's like the gimmick. You yeah. call that a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. That's what we have. All right. Our last scene is Colin <laughs> takes Danny Five to this warehouse. I guess. Yeah. So that Danny can pick up this big shipment of Coke. Mm-hmm. And Colin is... In his van. Has he had this van the whole time? That's what I said. I was like, what? This is completely new information that Colin drives around in like a panel van. I've never seen this. Didn't even know he had a car. But everyone knows it's his van. Yes. Like in a minute. But they moved here from, he came from New York City. He didn't drive this panel van across the entire country. But yeah, every character is like, isn't that Colin's panel van? Yeah. (laughs) new information so colin sits there for like a minute not even it's like 10 seconds and then all of a sudden the cops just like swarm this warehouse they swarm it but apparently they leave a clear exit yeah in the direction the van is facing but okay (laughs) so colin is like crap i have coke on me right now so he decides he's gonna make a run for it he turns on the van Drives it on out of there. The cops take a second to follow him because they, they like do. get out like they're going to shoot at the van and then they have to get back in their cars. He could have ditched his coke at any point. But instead, he decides to do a car chase through the streets of Los Angeles. Crazy. Crazy. Listen, I think that he could have gotten away with it fully. I think he could have driven around that corner, tossed the cocaine. And if they chased him, he could have been like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was I thought I was in your way. I was just trying yeah. to get out of the way. Nope. But no. He's like, I'm gonna hold on to this cocaine and I'm gonna outrun fifty cop cars in an astro. In a helicopter. In a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. So so now the news is we're following this car chase, like, you know, OJ style. Um, OJ style, it was. Yeah. We're we're watching him drive and watch the cops follow him. And of course, all of the all of the gang is separately watching the news. Yeah. Um David is watching at the Peach Pit, and he's like, oh, man, look at this guy. Crazy. 
And then we see Steve and Claire are at the Walsh house watching the news. And Valerie's about to leave to go meet Colin. But Steve's like, I think Colin's on the news. Isn't that his van? And Valerie's like, no, like, there's millions of vans that look like that. That couldn't be Colin. And then we go to rehab where Kelly and Tara are also watching the news. Yeah. And Kelly also thinks that looks like Colin's van. Colin's van, which we all know. So they finally catch up to the van and they do that thing where they like hit the back of it so that it flips around. Mm -hmm. And the news crew is right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged drug dealer. And they zoom in on Colin. Right in his face, yeah. Right in his face. And everyone can see, yikes, Colin is getting arrested. Yeah. Kelly is watching this and she is so sad. And Tara's like, you still love him, don't you? And Kelly's just like crying watching the news. Tara is smiling behind her like she's a a villain who orchestrated this. It is very strange. It is an odd it's an odd reaction. I'm like, choice. why is she smiling at her? It was very weird. And I couldn't yeah. tell if it was on purpose or if it was just a bad acting decision or what. Mm. But um yeah, we end on on Kelly's tears watching yeah. Colin get arrested. Ooh. Uh <laughs> do you have a nine oh two one oh snap in this one? Uh, it's probably gotta be it's probably gonna be the end when Colin gets yeah. arrested. I mean, how do you beat a car chase? Yeah. I guess all the all the Susan and her mom stuff is so high drama. That's kind of what I think of when I think of a soapy moment. What's your verdict on this one, Kendra? I don't know. I think there was a lot of lazy stuff. The motorcycle stuff, like, who cares? Yeah. Um, I mean, all the... I liked the end, like, the call and getting arrested. So I thought that was exciting. <laughs> yeah, um, <that's> true. <laughs> and, you know, the, the Brandon Susan stuff, it's, it's drama. But it was, it was kind of lazy. I mean, it was basically yeah. Donna's parents yeah. as Susan's parents. And we all knew that he was going to sneak up there and they were going to get caught. Yeah. Like, there was no world in which they weren't going to get caught. So, a little predictable. Yeah, and, like, how... I don't understand like the like the hellfire we're taking the Susan Brandon relationship through. Yeah. You know, we had like however five many episodes of the Jonathan stuff and like now this and it's just like can we just see them have a relationship? <laughs> like at this point they're just like their feet are always to the fire and like what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I guess the thing that you need to know here is that Colin gets caught. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't really feel like anything else really matters in this episode. So, yeah, I don't know. I was glad when this one ended. How about that? Fair. Okay. So on Paramount, it said that there are 25 episodes in this season. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we're almost done. But there's not. There's oh. 30 episodes. And there are apparently five missing on Paramount. Wow. Okay. So... So is the next, the next, okay, so next week we're going to be talking about season six, episode 24, coming out, getting out, going out, which that I absolutely is, love the title. I know. That one is on Paramount. I know that. Okay. But I think there are a couple coming up that are. It's hazy afterwards. So fair yeah. warning, everyone. Fair warning uh, that you're going <laughs> to have to find some other ways. Just got to buy the DVDs. Just got right. to do it. That's right. Okay. Well, you can catch me every other week on this Andorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network, or on How's Things for the David A. Howe Public Library, where we're talking uh, library books, things like that. Uh, Kendra, what about you? I am Miss Musabox91 on Twitter, 
and I am the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where we talk about 90s music. And uh, we talked about This is Halloween for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And next, we're going to be talking about Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole. Weird choice. It was a weird choice, but it was Eric's choice. So yeah. Had to yeah. Go with it. Congratulations on getting the Halloween episode out pre-Halloween. Thank you. Good for Thank you. Thank you for, for knowing how difficult that was. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I sympathize. All right. Well, with that, I bid you a 9021. Here we go. Here we go. go.